Welcome to My Two Cents with Keith Beggs from Steadfast Wealth Strategies. In this podcast, we show high-level executives and business owners why comprehensive financial planning and executive bonus structures don't have to be too good to be true. Keith draws on his experience in realistic financial planning, and expert guests share his two cents about academically-based financial planning that you have to hear to believe. Now, on to the show. Hey, welcome to the My Two Cents podcast. I'm Keith Beggs, the founder and CEO of Steadfast Wealth Strategies. Uh, today, uh, we're excited to have John McDonough, uh, the Senior Managing Director for Cool Springs Financial with us. Uh, John is uh, also a longtime friend uh, of mine as well as Steadfast. And uh, Cool Springs Financial is one of the leaders in financed insurance designs. Um, just to give you a quick background on our relationship with Cool Springs Financial, um, I've done a, a tremendous amount of research um, on looking for companies and partners that could help our clients and, and people that we do business with. Um, just like we did the same kind of due diligence and partnering with Matson Money and Mark Matson, uh, we have done the same thing um, on this financed insurance design and what is called premium financing. And there is no better partner out there than, than Cool Springs. Uh, John's right here in Houston with us, which is great. I know a lot of people else that have partnered with Cool Springs um, don't have that one-on-one um, with the ability to get in front of him like we do. So that's just been a huge benefit. Uh, so again, John McDonough, Senior Managing Director for Cool Springs Financial, the leader in finance insurance designs. John, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Keith. Appreciate it. All right, so John, let's jump right in here. Um, we said finance insurance designs. I think a more common word might be premium financing. Um, so what is premium financing? What does Cool Springs do? So premium financing in a nutshell is when we find a lender to pay the premiums to the insurance policy on behalf of the client. And there's a couple different ways people have done financed insurance in the past, whether they're using it strictly for a death benefit, um, estate planning design. But what Cool Springs does and specializes in, while we do it from an estate planning perspective, because no one likes paying the IRS um, a bunch of their hard-earned money nine months after you know, their date of death. And so that's what insurance is there to provide a liquidity event. But what Cool Springs does, Keith, is provides um, business planning solutions for business owners that have succession planning issues that they have to deal with. They have C-suite executives, key employees. What Cool Springs specializes in is providing those financed insurance designs for executive comp, um, executive bonus designs, key employee designs, buy-sell designs using the bank to do all of the heavy lifting so the business owner doesn't have to extol any of their profitability, their cash flow. They just have to be able to qualify. Um, and because of that, we're able to do some very cool things for those business owners. Okay. And we're going we're gonna to dive in a little bit deeper to that. Um, quick history on Cool Springs. How long has Cool Springs been around? Been around uh, for about 25 years now, founded by Samuel Watson out of Nashville, Tennessee. And, and the way um, it started was because of estate planning. And when the estate tax exclusion amount was a much lower level than what it is today. Um, and because he's in Nashville, there's obviously lots of uh, celebrities in, in the entertainment industry in Nashville and then did a lot of business out on the West Coast and East Coast um, as well. And 
had been very successful at that and did lots of business, one of the leaders in the industry. And about eight years ago, rolled out the opportunity to grow Cool Springs footprint across the United States. So today we have probably about 30 um, offices around the country in all of the major cities. Okay. So oh, 30 offices. Well, wow, I didn't know it was that big. And so premium financing, has it only been around about 20 years or has it been around a much longer time? It's been around longer than that, but it's been mainstream for about that period of time. And really it coincides with interest rates. And at least initially, because business owners and wealthy individuals, high net worth individuals, they understand the concept of arbitrage. And they also understand that they're pretty good at investing their own money and earning a rate of return on their own money. And when you can borrow money, and I know you've talked about this in some of your other podcasts, when you can borrow money, use other people's money at a cheaper rate and let your money grow at a faster rate, why wouldn't you explore that? And that's really what um, premium finance is, the way Cool Springs does it in a nutshell. So what you're doing is you're leveraging the success of your business uh, to go back to the bank to borrow money because they know they need the insurance piece of it or they like the tax benefit piece of it, but they don't want to tie up their capital on the insurance side. What you're saying is they can keep their capital in their business doing what they know best or what they do best that gets them a much higher ROI or IRR and then let finance the insurance portion at a much lower rate based on their, their success of their business. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you think about it, it makes a whole lot of sense if you can earn seven, eight, nine percent IRR cash on cash return on your own money and you can borrow money at two or three percent. People don't like paying insurance period premiums, period, right? They always seem to be this nuisance payment that people make on an annual basis. Um, but when you can put this arbitrage behind it and earn potentially a higher rate of return than the cost of borrowing, it's something that, you know, astute business owners that are prudent with their money and their cash flow have to take a look at. Right. And let's just, I want to make something really clear here. This is not term insurance, right? This is a lot of people when they think of insurance, they're thinking term. There's a cash component to this, right? That's going to build up that when you said arbitrage, that should be building up equity to outpace the loan. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. This is not term insurance. This is permanent insurance. And there's various types of permanent insurance in the industry from what people heard of that their grandparents would have had back in the day, whole life insurance, all the way to permanent insurance can be something as 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 robust and, and technical as private placement insurance. But what we're talking about, the the foundation of the Cool Springs design is using indexed universal life insurance. And that is permanent. It does build cash value but it builds cash value with some guarantees. And the guarantees is that it can never, the return on your money can never be worse than 0%, right? On an annual basis. But the upside potential can be tied to a particular index that the insurance company allows the participant to, the participant to put their money in. And that can be tied to the S&P 500. It can be tied to the NASDAQ 100 or various other indices, all for the opportunity, the potential to earn a higher rate, again, with a 0% floor, a higher rate than the cost of borrowing the funds. Right. And it's, it's key. That 0% floor is key when you're borrowing money from the bank, right? So they know the worst case scenario every year is a 0% 
um, rate of return. So that helps them figure out well, if you're doing planning on this and we're looking three, five, seven years out, we can always project our worst case scenario because there's no market loss. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. I mean, banks, I don't know if you've had this discussion in your podcast yet, but banks only like to lend people that don't need the money, right? <laughs> um, but they also they also like to collateralize and make sure that at all points of time, they're 100% collateralized on the loan that per, they're providing. That's why when someone buys a house, you know, they take the house as the asset against the loan that they're providing to, to the lender um, or to the, to the person borrowing the funds, the borrower. In the life insurance industry, on the finance side, the cash value of the policy is the first position for collateral that the lender takes. So a 0% floor, knowing we can project what the worst case scenario is gonna look like is big, not only for the lender, but most importantly for our clients. Right, and so uh, John, are most of these people using these for the death benefit? Is, is that the big takeaway from these? Is it a, is it a large death benefit? Um, I know the few that we've done together and the one we've had, that hasn't always been the key. So kind of tell me, what, what are you seeing more mainstream right now? Well, first and foremost, it is a life insurance policy. So the death benefit is, in fact, something that the insured will benefit from. Um, however, most of the time, from a business planning perspective, if it's not for buy-sell, if it's for executive bonus or key man or, or an alternative to a pension plan or a supplement to a 401k plan, really what the client which is the company, the business owner, the C-suite, what they're looking for is they're looking for some type of a potential distribution from the design. And the distribution from the design really is a byproduct of that arbitrage that you mentioned earlier, Keith, where if we can get this guaranteed cash value to grow faster than the cost of borrowing the money, at some point down the road after a certain number of years, if that keeps happening, and historically it always has, the question is just how long does it take? At some point in time, you're going to have excess cash value over and above the total loan balance outstanding. So you're going to have more cash than the money that you borrowed. And then with that excess, we're able to project and show these clients, these business owners, what that distribution would look like. And because we're using life insurance, properly structured life insurance within the regulations of the IRS to make sure that they're non-taxable distributions, we're able to do that on a tax exempt basis. So then the distributions that they're receiving on an annual basis, either as an executive bonus plan or maybe um, as a retirement plan, maybe they gave their business to their kids and they needed income, right? Because they didn't sell the business. They could be using these distributions and they're coming in tax-free or, or tax-exempt, I think is the correct way to say that. Um, and, and they're not even showing up on their on their income statement um, annually, correct? Depending on, correct, depending on who the owner of the policy or the structure is at the time that those distributions are being received, yes, those distributions are tax exempt. Sometimes they could be taxable to the employee if the business retains ownership of the design, but for the most part, yes, it's tax exempt to the, dis to the person receiving the distribution so long as they're the owner. That's right. Wow. And so they, yeah, so it's we, huge. So we didn't pay for the policy, right? So the bank paid for the policy. Well, it's not free, it's financed. So it's it is finance. paid for, you're just borrowing the money to pay for it. Right, we borrowed the money for the policy, we kept our money liquid, 
then we let the life insurance do its thing, right? This is the same life insurance that people that are paying cash for life insurance are using, correct? It's not a separate kind of life insurance. Well, it's the the core product is the same at Cool Springs because of our reputation, because of the nice, clean business that we do. We have some proprietary or some special arrangements that can be provided from certain carriers. Others, we don't have it. Um, but by and large, yeah, it's the same one that clients are paying $100,000, $150,000, $200,000 or plus or minus a year into from cash flow. And we're financing that. Gotcha. Okay. So then, John, why, why aren't more people doing this? Why isn't this mainstream? Why don't I hear this on the news? Why don't I hear it on Fox Business? <laughs> why, is this, why is this only on our, uh, my podcast? <laughs> yeah. Why isn't Dave and Susie talking about it? Yeah. Um, because it's complex, to be blunt. It's complex. And really, we're talking about two things that people just have this inherent um, distaste for or distrust for, and people don't even know why. When you mention borrowing money, people tend to lock up. But okay. smart money doesn't, right? Um, prudent money understands the power of borrowing money at a cheaper rate and letting their money grow. And you couple that with throwing in the word life insurance. I mean, people are born running from the insurance man and they don't even know why, right? They just heard their grandparents say, don't answer the door, the insurance man's there, right? Um, so when you take two very complex subjects that take some real coaching and, and understanding around borrowing money and using life insurance. That's why it's not talked about because it's not something that you can package in a 30 second, you know, info or commercial. You can't really unpack it in a 30 or hour long podcast, to be honest with you. Um, it takes time and it takes education and coaching to get people there. And it's just too complex a topic for the mainstream to learn about it. Right. I mean, I know I've asked you many times uh, as we've gotten more involved with this kind of what's the elevator, right? How do I shrink this down, you know, to 15, 30 seconds? And, and you're right. There's not a great way to do it. Um, it you know, it, it is a little bit more complex. It takes a little time and understanding to get your head around. But once you understand the concept, uh, you're just blown away at the benefits and the opportunities that are there and how many different ways that you can use it. It really is something that is a relationship driven conversation. It's it's not a cold conversation. We've talked about this before. Um, when I have business owners that are in my circle and you have business owners in your circle and, you know, I have an obligation. You have an obligation, Keith, because we know this exists, because we know how it works. We have to get this in front of our business owners and our high net worth individuals. Um, but it's always a bit clunky when we get the conversation started because, you know, there's no there's no sales pitch. There's no elevator talk. There's no uh, tagline. We just kind of got to plow our way into the conversation. And once people start to understand the economic flow of money and the vehicles backing up those economics, I haven't had anybody, and I don't think you either, haven't had anybody that said, no, I'm not interested. Everybody's like, I'd like to learn a little bit more about that. I'd like to understand you know, how that works. No, no, definitely. And, and you mentioned this, you mentioned business owners and high net worth individuals. Put some context around that a little bit if you can. Um, when you say business owner, is there a certain size of business? Or is there a certain number of employees uh, for a business? Um, and, and the same with personal. Yeah, let's talk about businesses for, for a second. So we use, um, we use distribution partners. We use bank lenders to provide the financing for the policies. And then we use insurance carriers that actually manufacture the product. 
Um, and those insurance carriers have certain underwriting guidelines, right? So they want to see companies that public or private, most of the business we do is private, but it could be public as well. Just a lot more bureaucracy and red tape to get a decision done at a public level. But privately speaking, um, you know, they're typically looking for companies that have top line revenues, gross revenues before cost of goods, um, before net profit, cash flow, things like that. They're looking for top line revenue of somewhere in the five to $10 million a year range. But again, that's a gray number. That's not a hard black and white because if I'm a manufacturing company and I have $10 million of top line revenue, but I've got $9.7 million of cost of goods and I only made 300 grand, that's not going to really work. Right. Right. Um, but if I'm a, if I'm a consulting based business, I have no inventory. I have no manufacturing. I make $3 million a year and I'll have 300,000 of expenses and my net profits 2.7 million. Well, you know, that that's something that we can take a look at. Right. And so it, it really is a case by case scenario. There's no cookie cutter approach to this. We just kind of have to take a look and see what fits gotcha. on an individual level. You ask on an individual level, um, same thing, right? We're looking for someone whose balance sheet, their net worth assets minus liabilities equals net worth is somewhere in that $3 million to $5 million range. But liquidity on that net worth statement has a lot to do with it. If you're worth five million or ten million dollars and it's all locked up into real estate and you've only got 20 grand of money in the bank account, that's not really going to work from a lender's perspective. So it's all based on liquidity and cash flow, basically. Gotcha. And so um, for someone that qualifies, I just kind of want to put and, and I'm just trying to put some kind of context with numbers on it so people can kind of get a feel what it, if, it, if it might be a conversation for them. Um, but, you know, someone that qualifies and has a business, what are you typically seeing being the time frame, or when you guys show this, you said when you when you illustrate it, um, what's the time frame you're looking at before they can start receiving income? And I mean, how much income are we talking about here? I mean, we're talking about five to ten thousand dollars a year. Are we talking twenty five, thirty? I mean, what's the number there? Yeah, that's such a tough. It's a good question. It's a tough question to answer. Like I just said previously, right. there's no cookie cutter approach to this because couple things are taking place. Number one, we are using life insurance and that life insurance is tied to an individual person. And that individual person has an age, they have a health rating, and all of that goes into the underlying cost of insurance inside of the policy. Um, we also have the size of the policy. And when someone else is paying the premiums for you, cash flow is not an issue. So historically in the past, when people buy life insurance, they buy it based on the affordability of the premiums. Can I afford $10,000, $50,000, $100,000 of annual premiums for life insurance? And that gets me the death benefit that that can get. Where we do it is we do it the exact reverse. We see what is the maximum death benefit an individual can qualify for based on their income, all the different calculations that the insurance carriers have from a field underwriting perspective and their age, net worth, et cetera, et cetera. So where someone, you know, could potentially qualify, hypothetically speaking, for $20 million worth of life insurance. $20 million worth of life insurance on a 50-year-old, if they're in good health, they're non-smoker, non-tobacco, no previous issues to speak of, just average health, average height and weight, they might have a million dollar per year premium on that. Okay. Now, no one in their right mind is going to write the million dollar premium, even if they can afford it. 
But remember, we have the banks loaning that million dollar premium per year for the client because we are trying to shove as much cash value in as possible. So we do that for seven to 10 years based off of the design, based off the individuals. So that's a lot of money going in. But remember, we try to have as high a cash value as possible with 100% guarantee on that cash value. So the client's putting relatively small amount of collateral to cover the gap. After about 12 to 15 years, when we have sufficient excess cash value where the index is really taken off and we have explosive growth in the cash relative to the cost of the borrowing money, that's where we can start to take a look at these distributions. And in that example, if I have a $20 million death benefit for a 50-year-old male, non-smoker, average health, million dollars a year, Keith, we could be looking at $300,000, $400,000 a year of tax-exempt distributions coming out on an annual basis from this design. Right. And, and I know it was a tough question and there wasn't a great way to ask it, but I wanted to get to that. This is, this is complex. Um, and there's some, there's some steps to it, but we're not doing all this for, for $25,000 a year. We're not doing this for, for $35,000 a year. We're doing this for large quarter million plus tax-free income, income distribution, tax exempt income distributions for the rest of their lives. So you have someone 40, 45, 50, right? That owns a business where they're just personally wealthy with whatever they've done. We could be talking about getting distributions from age 52 to 65, right? Depending on their, you know, their, their start age right there that they can't outlive in the, in the quarter million plus range tax exempt. Um, just a, a huge, huge benefit. Something that opens up so many possibilities with your company on how you pass it on to your kids. What do you want to do with it? Um, you know, do, do I have to keep grinding away at work? You know, all those type of things. So this is, um, we're not doing this for well, sm- here, a small penance. Yeah, here's how I take a look at it. And you know, this is just one of the many ways, but if I'm a business owner and I have C-suite or key employees that are making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, which is really good. But all I offer is a 401k plan from the company. The 401k plan for those individuals from a percentage of income is not that meaningful. Let's be honest, right? Right. Um, it's not moving the dial. So they're, they're, from, a, from a business owner perspective, unless I give them a pension plan, unless I give them some type of stock option opportunity or ESOP opportunity or some type of equity play, I'm not really giving them an opportunity to build wealth within the company. They have to do it on their own. So then what's their rationale for them staying with me? If I can't pay them more, give them some sort of long-term incentive plan. Um, My competitors might be looking to steal these guys. Heck, they might be looking to start a company on their own um, and become a competitor. There's lots of reasons why as a business owner, I want to retain those people, reward them, but really retain them to prevent future competition. And this is one of the ways that we really help educate our business owners to do that because it is like giving them a golden bucket of money, you know, 15 years down the road, but they can't leave, hypothetically speaking, they can't leave my organization until they satisfy an agreement that we've all agreed upon, right? It's a huge benefit, but it doesn't take my cash flow to do it from a business perspective. So it really works in that favor as well. Excellent. So let's, let's pause there, John, because I know we're going to do a series here and I, I, I should have mentioned at the beginning, but we got a three-part series here. Today was kind of an introduction into Cool Springs uh, premium financing. Now, next week, we're going to talk about business owners. 
right? How do business owners use this? How do they leverage access to this? Um, and you leverage their own access to create wealth for themselves, for their company, and for their employees. Um, again, without tying up all their cash flow. Um, are there any um, other benefits to it? So we're going to dive into um, some examples of business owners and types of businesses that have been successful using this. Uh, the following week, we'll kind of move to the personal side um, and get a little bit more for just straight up individuals. Maybe you work for a company, but you have a um, you make a great salary um, or have a lot of net worth and, and you're looking at something like this for yourself as well. We'll talk about those uses. So um, we're going to be doing this here for a couple more weeks. Again, right now, I have this is John McDonough. He is the Senior Managing Director for Cool Springs Financial. John, um, as always, I know they can reach out to me and I have direct access to you. And then you've met with a bunch of my clients and me together. Um, but if someone wanted to reach you directly, um, how would they go about doing that? I think the best way is via LinkedIn, to be honest with you. Um, find me on LinkedIn, John McDonough, M-C-D-O-N-O-U-G-H, Cool Springs, and then reach out to me, send me a message there, and then we can get in contact with one another. Excellent. Well, thank you for your time today, John. Looking forward to these next two podcasts as well. Uh, again, my name is Keith Beggs with My Two Cents. And uh, if you're reaching, trying to reach me, it's Keith at SteadfastWS.com. Keith at SteadfastWS.com, or you can call me at 832-506-9034. And then that'll do it, Patrice. All right. And make sure you get all episodes of Keith's podcast, My Two Cents, by subscribing with the subscribe button. And of course, you can share with the share button. Thank you for listening to My Two Cents with Keith Beggs. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. All securities discussed are offered and provided through Steadfast Financial Planning, LLC. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Steadfast Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor and or qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.